Hello, and welcome back to episode three of Juror number one. Um, hope you guys enjoyed last week. What a crazy story about uh, intimidating witnesses and a detective who was a hitman for the mob. How crazy. Well, we have another crazy story for you this week. So, this one, um, again, all of these cases have blown my mind, but this one is another one. So, like I said, strap in for this one. I hope you're ready for it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode three A Murder in Florida. This story starts off as a normal evening in Florida, which a normal evening in Florida is drastically different than a uh, normal evening in most places. Um, One, the state's full of snakes and alligators and other shit that wants to kill you. But tonight, it was a human that wanted someone else dead. So it starts out with a pizza delivery man in the neighborhood heard some arguing and a gunshot. So he calls the police. Well, the police show up to find something very strange. So as the police show up, they notice uh, the neighbor outside milling around, looking at them, and goes into his house and shuts the door and is peeking through his blinds the entire time that the police is there doing their investigation. What they notice is, in the house they're called to, was... Um, notice of a struggle, some blood, and some dragging marks, uh, which they follow those back to this wooded area, and they find a woman dead. One of the witnesses tell the police that um, she had been in an argument with her neighbor, the man that was out on the street earlier, and uh, they believe um, that they saw those two arguing, him pull out a gun, pointed at her, put it back down, then point it at her again and pull the trigger and then drag her back behind her house. So naturally, the police want to question this man. Well, that's going to be a little tough because this man now has barricaded himself inside his house. So the police order the SWAT team to come out and try to do some negotiating with this man, saying, we just want to talk to you about what happened to your neighbor tonight. Well, he's not responsive at all. He, will, he refuses to talk to the negotiators, refuses to talk to the SWAT team, and says that he's not coming out. Well, if this doesn't make you look guilty, I don't know what does. But So this goes on for hours and hours. They throw tear gas into his house, and it has no effect on him at all, which is crazy. So finally they bring in a one of their bomb robots, and they crash through the door and drive it right up next to them and try to negotiate. And then finally, the uh, SWAT team was able to go in there and arrest this man, finally at 1.20 in the morning. Um, They've been at it for hours, and finally they had him in custody, and naturally they just charge him with first-degree murder. So when he's finally arraigned, and we'll call this man Keith for this episode... Um, he's charged with first-degree premeditated murder and possession of a firearm. So, it would take a long time before this goes to trial, 
and um, he's being represented by a uh, public defender. So, as the case and trial starts, uh, there is a lot of evidence that is not looking good for uh, for Keith here. So, the trial begins, and the prosecution has a lot of evidence, and it all starts with the eyewitnesses. And there are multiple eyewitnesses to this case, but as we've learned before, not all eyewitnesses can be trusted, or it's that factual of evidence. But in this case, there's a lot of it. Starting with the pizza delivery guy. He says that he saw Keith arguing with this woman. With his own two eyes, watched him argue back and forth and back and forth. Then finally, Keith pulled a gun and shot her and then watched him drag her behind the house. Well, there was another witness there. Another witness said that this all stemmed from a drug deal that went bad in 2016. Three years ago, this place this took place in 2019. So three years earlier, a drug deal went bad, and they hadn't got along since. So this witness testifies and says, yeah, Keith's known her a long time, and they've never got along. They've had a terrible past, and it, he must have just boiled up and finally killed her, which... That's all just speculation from a witness. But in court, she says that that day they were, uh, Keith and this woman were fighting and she left, the victim left to go get cigarettes and Keith told this witness blatantly said, when she comes back, I'm going to kill her. What? He said to a witness who testified under oath that he said when she comes back from getting cigarettes, I'm going to kill her. Well, that's, that's about as damning as it gets, right? Another witness comes forward. Yes, another eyewitness. I don't know how many people saw this crime take place. But another witness says that this fight wasn't just a heat of the moment that uh, they had heard Keith and the neighbor fighting all afternoon, screaming back and forth, screaming back and forth, fighting and fighting and fighting. And then all of a sudden, maybe thought it de-escalated because the neighbor left to go buy cigarettes and there was nothing going on. Well, guess what? When she came home, they looked out the window and they saw Keith put a gun up and shoot her and drag her back to the woods. So that's three people that saw this crime happen. But it's also an eyewitness, so you got to take that for what it is. But I mean, three people describing almost the exact same thing, that's pretty strong evidence. And then they talk about the arrest. The police really weren't after him right away. They just wanted to question him. Then he barricades himself inside for hours and hours and hours that the SWAT team has to negotiate for him to come out. An innocent man doesn't barricade himself inside of a house when he just wants to be questioned. Or does he? So that's about all the prosecution had. Was And it's not, I mean, not all they had. They had three eyewitnesses that claimed that they saw exactly what happened. But there wasn't really any DNA or blood evidence uh, to go off this case. So that was pretty much it. 
So now it is time for the defense, what they had to say about this case. And the first thing that they're going to tell you is that someone else did it. That someone else killed this poor woman. Well, that's very well possible. You know why? Because what the prosecution didn't tell you is that they still haven't found the murder weapon. Well, in that case, that has to mean a lot because this crime took place and the police show up and there would have been no place for Keith to hide this gun. Because as you know, the police came to question him and he, he was scared. He sees a bunch of flashing lights and police officers all around his house. He hears the rumblings of his neighbor getting murdered. So he's scared. He locks himself in his house. And yes, there was a standoff. Of course there was. Like I said, he was terrified of what would happen to him. You know, there was just a shooting outside. Of course, these cops think that maybe he's the murderer. Maybe he's armed. If he comes outside, he could be shot and killed himself. So he stayed inside. Finally, he came out. But when he came out, they searched his entire house. And what did they find? They found nothing. They found nothing at all inside this man's house. A man who had just allegedly killed somebody, shot someone in the head, then drugged their bloody body back into the woods. But they don't find any of her blood in his house. They don't find anything to prove that he has like muddy shoes or blood on his clothes. They find zero of her DNA in his house. Nothing. And that 22 caliber uh, weapon that allegedly killed this woman, nowhere to be found in Keith's house. So how could he have done it? How could he have shot this woman face to face, then drug her body back into these woods and then go back into his house and leave zero sign. No blood, no DNA, no hair, nothing. And most importantly, no murder weapon. And the defense will also tell you this harebrained theory that this was all over a uh, drug deal gone bad three years ago. Well, they have no evidence that ever happened. That's from one of their, quote, eyewitnesses that said that's what happened. Well, do you think that these people would live next to each other for years and years and not uh, bring up this old drug dealer just three years later, all of a sudden he's like, you know what, I'm pissed off, I'm going to go kill her. That's crazy to think that. No way that's possible. So... That's about all the defense had to say, really, um, when it came to cross-examining and questioning. So now it moves on to the closing statements for um, the state and the defense. And this is where you have to decide. Is this man guilty or innocent? The prosecution just starts and basically lays out everything that they had just told you. We have three people Three people swore under oath that they watched the defendant argue, scream, and yell, then pull out a gun and shoot this woman in the neck and then drag her body back to these woods behind her house. We have another eyewitness 
who swore under oath that he talked to the defendant earlier that day. He said that he was just sick of her and they've been fighting all day. And he said, when she comes back from getting cigarettes, I'm going to kill her. Those words, he said that he was going to kill her that day. The day that she ends up getting killed. And then they're going to tell you what kind of innocent man barricades himself in the house for hours when they simply just wanted to question him? Well, I don't think an innocent man would do that. So it's up to you to decide. What do you think? As the state, we're going to ask you to find him guilty on premeditated murder charges because he said that day he's going to kill that woman that day. So with three people, three eyewitnesses under oath saying that they saw it happen, they watched this man, they picked him out in court today that he's the one that killed that woman. So you have to find him guilty on all charges. So, and now it's time for the defense's closing arguments. And they're going to rely on reasonable doubt. One, this man had no issue with the woman. Yeah, they argued time to time, but I'm sure that you argue with your neighbors over fences and grass and picking up leaves and all that other kind of bullshit. Yeah, you argue with neighbors. It doesn't mean you want to kill them. And also, whenever they did search his house, they found no blood, no DNA, no murder weapon. He really had no motive. The only motive that they're telling you about is from a disagreement from three years ago, which is, has been a non-issue for the last three years. And also, since there was no murder weapon, the person who committed this crime either still has the weapon or is disposed of it. But it is not in our client's house or on his property, which would have to have been. Because the timeline from whenever the, the, the murder happened to when the police showed up, there's no way that he could have went somewhere to dispose of the weapon or his bloody clothes. So, there's no way that you could find this man guilty of these crimes. So, what do you think? That's it for this episode. What do you think is going to happen? I can tell you what I think. I would think that the evidence is overwhelming that uh, one side or the other. I'm not going to give you my opinion. That's for you to decide. So, this one is crazy. Wait till you hear what happens in this case. Um, well, it's Florida. Come on. Just kidding. If you're listening in Florida, I love you. So, thank you for listening. Make sure you're sharing, subscribing, and all those fun things. And we appreciate you so much. Tune in tomorrow to hear the rest of this case. Until then, have a wonderful day.